Children's Church, you can be dismissed. Well, special happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here uh, with us. We are certainly thankful. Um, and yes, uh, we know typically the, the ladies get frozen out in service. Today we're trying to burn you out. Um, we uh, apologize. This, this, I reminded somebody this morning. You forget the behind-the-scenes folks that get it done faithfully, consistently, week in, week uh, out. And uh, we got a couple of those missing today, um, the Carvers, but Mr. Larry is the one who sets the air for us on Sunday morning. So make sure you let Larry know you missed him next week, right? Uh, but anyway, it is, it is kicking in. It should start to cool down on you, uh, hopefully as the sermon gets hot. Wow! Anyway, just, okay, thank you for playing. Mother's Day! Hey, I don't know about you, but my mama has some sayings. Does your mama have some sayings? You know, certain things that mama says and said to you growing up. Well, these are some things mom would never say. Mom would never say, How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? How about this one? Your mom would never say, Oh, just leave all the lights on. It makes the house seem more cheery. Or how about this one, guys? Your mom would never say this. Let me smell that shirt. Oh yeah, it's good for another week. <laughs> or how about this? Mom would never say, oh, go ahead, keep that stray dog. Honey, I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. Yeah, anybody has kids has had your, you know, begged, oh, mom, dad, please let us get the pet. We promise we'll take care of him. Mama ends up doing it, doesn't she? How about this one? Mom would never say, well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, that's good enough for me. <laughs> no, mama's not saying that. Uh, or how about this one? Mom would never say, the curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. <laughs> yeah, mom would never say, um, I'm sorry, I don't have a tissue. Just use your sleeve. <laughs> Mom would never say, don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve. My mom, this is a personal one, my mom would never have said to me as a teenager leaving the house, now, Jeremy, you go ahead and speed. She would never say that to me. And, and my mom would, would never say to me, now, Jeremy, make sure you don't drink plenty of water. All right, you don't need to be hydrated. So, I don't know what your mama's saying. I'm sure there are some you could figure out, or what mom would never say. Guys, I gotta admit, I I, I am an exegetical uh, Bible teacher. I love the books of the Bible. I want to go line by line, verse by verse. So when we have a special Sunday like this, I get a little uh, kind of mm, out of whack. Topical studies, I. I just don't prefer topical studies, but they're good to do occasionally. They really are. And it kind of breaks up the routine, and, and on special days like this, and especially with the mamas, we want to honor you, and, and it's a special day. And so we've got a Mother's Day special. Lord willing, we'll be back in the book of Hebrews next week. So uh, you can join us next week for our regularly scheduled programming. But for now, 
Uh, we do have a Mother's Day special. I, I have to admit, though, I struggled with the title. I thought, you know, I, I, need, a, I need a title for my Mother's Day message. I thought about your mama. Y'all remember that? Remember how that was George Jefferson's answer to your mom? You know, anyway. But I said, no, no, that's probably, not, that's probably not the best title. So then I thought about just mom, you know. No, that's, that's, that's probably not the appropriate title either. So then I said, well, hey, how about super mom? Because I know there's some super moms in our midst, that's for sure. Mama gets it done. Mama has always been, in most of your eyes, a superhero. By the way, did you know you all have mamas? Just a little stat. Yes, yes, just a little known stat there, but uh, not many people, I guess, maybe. No. So we settled on what is a mother to do. And that is the title for today's sermon. What is a mother to do? My hope and prayer is whether you're a mother, whether you want to be a mother, whether you never want to be a mother, uh, whether you have a mother, today's message will be an encouragement to you. And even if you're not female, guys, take the principles of what's being shared today because I can promise you the things that we're going to hit, the biblical truths that will be expounded upon uh, will be an encouragement to us if we allow the Word of God to have its way in our heart. So if you would, take your Bibles. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, if you need a Bible, should be a Bible there in the pew in front of you. I'm thankful for all of our visitors here today from Virginia to Africa, and we even got some watching online all around from Goldsboro to my office. My son's sick in there, so anyway, thank you for all the visitors that are here with us. We hope you enjoy your time with Community Baptist Church. Thank you for choosing to be with us. Let's look, if you would, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, and we'll begin our reading there. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name. And His mercy is on those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their throne and exalted the lowly. 
He has filled their hunger with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Father, I pray this morning that you will fill me with your spirit as we look into the word of God. I pray that you will, uh, Lord, just teach us, give us understanding as we look at principles that uh, should guide uh, a mother, and not just a mother, but all of us uh, as followers of Christ. Lord, be our teacher. And again, we thank you for the privilege to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to focus specifically on verses 46 through 48. I know I read a little bit more, and, and by all means, you want to get in, you want to get the context. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, today being a topical sermon, I just want to highlight some principles that are found specifically in verses 46 through 48. So as we go through this, I want you to uh, maybe underline in your Bible if you would, or if you take a note, you can write down some of these points. Uh, I've tried to simplify it today as we follow through with three points from this text. What is a mother to do? Well, a mother should, point one, magnify the Lord. Look, if you would, in verse 46. Notice what it says here in our text. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. The word soul here, it's uh, the word psyche. It's the, it's the idea of the, her very being. It's the idea of the center of her heart. What was Mary's focus? Mary's focus was the Lord. Mom, what's your focus? In your pursuit of being a good mother, um, in your pursuit in life, is at the very heart of who you are, is it to magnify the Lord? The, if you have a King James Version, the, the word here that's used uh, is translated Lord 667 times in the Scripture. 54 times lowercase Lord, 11 times Master, 6 times Sir. It's the word kurios, the Greek term that's used here, means supremacy, supreme in authority, as a noun, controller by implication, master as a respectful title, God, Lord, master. I wonder how many times that's how we see Jesus Christ. If you're here and you know Christ is your Lord, and Savior, then He's to have preeminence. He's to be the focus. He's to be at the center. He's at the very core of your being. You eat, you sleep, you live for the purpose of Jesus Christ. Moms, if you want to make an impact on your children, your grandchildren, if you want to leave a legacy, Here's a principle taken from the very earthly mother of our Lord, Jesus Christ. 
she magnified the Lord. Now, it's interesting because um, as Elizabeth came to her, and we know that Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit, we know that uh, John the Baptist is in the womb, and, and he leaped, and, and so uh, Elizabeth begins to, to make this case, and we'll look a little more in detail to this in just a little bit and do a comparative. But I want to ask you this morning, is Jesus Christ, is He just your Savior? We had dinner the other night with a family, and... Uh, the husband made the comment, he says, you know, Jesus is not just fire insurance. I think a lot of people treat Jesus as if he's just fire insurance. They don't understand what it truly means to be born again. They don't truly mean, understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ, where old things begin to pass away and behold, all things are becoming new. But when Christ is your purpose and your reason for living, you can't help but magnify the Lord. Is He your Savior? Or is He your Lord? Is He what you live for? Is He the very air you breathe? Is He the master of your ship? Or are you at the, at the helm? I want to encourage you this morning, whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a son, whether you're a daughter, Jesus Christ desires to be magnified in your life. Don't suppress that truth in unrighteousness. Don't suppress that truth out of selfish living. Don't, don't do your thing and leave God out. Let God have preeminence. Magnify the Lord. You also notice that here in verse 47, it says that she rejoiced in the Lord. So a mother should magnify the Lord and a mother should rejoice in the Lord. Notice what it says here. Verse 47, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. So we see again. As you unfold the text, as you continue throughout the Gospel of Luke, we know Jesus Christ is God incarnate. We know Jesus Christ is Lord. We know Jesus Christ is Savior. And Mary recognizes the privilege that she had to be that vessel in which God would enter the world through. And so she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. The Spirit is the part of us that communes with God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never truly been born again from above. John 3, check it out. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all offended a holy God. When we entered this world, when you were birthed, when you came out, newsflash, you were spiritually Stillborn, you were dead. You were spiritually dead. Oh yeah, you you you've lived, you've walked, you've talked, you you said, hey, I'm pretty much alive. Physically, yes. Spiritually, no. Unless the spirit of God quickens you, unless the spirit of God awakens you, you are spiritually dead. You don't want to. Live once and die twice. But unless you are born again, that's what will happen. You don't want to live once and die twice. 
You want to die once, live twice. The Bible says we must be born again. Christ's purpose in coming was to offer life, to offer eternal life. And the good news of Jesus Christ is what extends to the world. And it's the Holy Spirit that spreads the good news of the gospel through His people that says, come, whoever's thirsty, come. We talked about this last week. If you have thirst, come. He will give you to drink. Mary rejoiced in the Lord. The part of us that communes with God, the Spirit, is made alive when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So that we can have right relationship with God. Notice though what, you might want to circle that word Savior. My God and my Savior. This implies, sorry if we got any Catholic friends amongst us, this implies Mary needed a Savior. That's what the Bible says. This means Mary needed a Savior. She knew she needed a Savior. Mary answered the Roman Catholic dogma of the Immaculate Conception, which holds that from the moment of her conception, Mary was by God's grace kept free from all taint of original sin. But only sinners need a Savior. Leefield, a quote from him. What's the point? The point is this. Mary knew she was a sinner, just like all of us. She knew she needed a Savior. And because of that, she was able to magnify the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. Because God had sent a Savior. Mom, you can magnify the Lord. You can rejoice in the Lord because you know your need for a Savior. And God has provided. Do you see your need for a Savior? If you see your need for a Savior, then you should have no problem rejoicing in the Lord. Especially when you know what He's done for you. Kids, side note for you. Let's go over to Proverbs 23, 25. Hold your spot there and look. But go over to Proverbs 23, 25. A little side note. Proverbs 23, 25 says this. Let your father and your mother be glad. And let her who bore you rejoice. You know how you do that, kids? The same way in the context in Proverbs, which is instructing us. Obey. Obey the Lord. Be wise in the instruction of God. Fear the Lord. That'll help mama rejoice. Amen, mom? <laughs> Not only... Do we find here in Mary's example in these verses that uh, she magnified the Lord and that she rejoiced in the Lord and therefore by principle, mothers, we should magnify the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. We should also serve the Lord. Notice verse 48. Verse 48 says, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. 
For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Mary understood as a maidservant, she understood her role, her responsibility to serve the Lord. Here again, if you're going to serve the Lord, that means, that implies that you are going to utilize the very body that God has given you. Christian, your body is a temple, therefore glorify God in your body. Whatsoever you do, do as unto the Lord. We are called to be servants of the Lord. The very part of us that is lived out in our environment. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Flip over there real quick. Again, a, a passage many of you can quote. But look at Romans. And we're reminded of this, this important fact. Romans 12 says the following in verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. When you consider the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mary recognizes that God is mighty. For he who is mighty, verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. Mom, do you know that when God is at the center of your life, you're blessed. You're blessed. There's blessings in your life. And that's a blessing to those around you by natural byproduct. There's an overflow of the joy of the Lord that fills you, that springs forth from you when you know the Lord, when you live to magnify the Lord, when you live to rejoice in the Lord, when you live to serve the Lord. Now I know this is a scary picture. Talking, Tina. Sorry, it's a Twilight Zone episode that I cannot shake from my childhood. And I tormented my children by making them watch it. But anyway. A mother's love. Let me tell you about my mama. Okay? My mama, if you go to her house today, she has an extensive doll collection. Okay? Now, why mama hangs on to the doll collection, I got some clue and understanding. I'm going to let you in on it now. When I was a kid, you know my past, I was not the best kid in the neighborhood. In fact, I was probably quite the opposite. I was the one your mama warned you about, all right? Just being honest. And one day, me and my brother were bored. We'd finished blowing up the turtles with the firecrackers. Sorry, Peter. Um, we had, you know, tied up the neighborhood kid and put crawfish on his toes. We'd done all the mean things we could do, and we couldn't find anything else to do. And so, we got this grand idea that we would get dad's 22 rifle and we would get mom's porcelain doll from the building because it looked like it was junk to me and him. And we set it up across the street and did target practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mama did some target practice of her own when we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and as a kid, it was just like, you know, and the porcelain was chipping off and flying off, kind of like, sorry, I give showers with my sermons. But anyway, and I just remember, you know, mom being crushed because I found out that was her grandmother's doll that had been handed down to her. Yeah. Mama doesn't let me forget that one. (laughs) Mm. But you know what? In spite of my actions, my mom still loves me. That's a mother's love, right? I know. Uh, uh, Another, since it's confession hour. I remember me and my friend Chad, we were 15 years old and, and I was supposed to be getting my driver's license when I turned 16 and, and so I was anxious and ready and mom went in the grocery store and left us out in the car. Bad move, mom. She bought my story of, why don't you leave the key so we can listen to some music? She said, okay, and went in the store. Yeah, you know what her good loving son did when as soon as she got out of sight? I jumped in the driver's seat, fired that thing up. Me and Chad went in the back parking lot in that Buick LeSabre. And I'm going to tell you, you never seen smoke roll from those donuts. <laughs> Just as fast as I could. Man, it was throwing up smoke. We were like, yeah! All of a sudden, the blue lights come on. Not a good day. Officer told Chad to go in and get my mom and bring her out. Man, I was scared to death. My life was over. Because back then, getting your license was like, you know, that was like the thing. Well, Mama was disappointed. I got a good lecture, and then some. But Mama still loved me. I know some of you are thinking, with a face like this, it's only a face Mama could love. Let me tell you a story that took place on August 16th, 1987. True story. Northwest Airlines Flight 225 crashed just after taking off from the Detroit airport, killing 155 people. One survived. One survived. A four-year-old little girl named Cecilia. When rescuers found Cecilia, they did not believe she had been on the plane. Investigators first assumed Cecilia had been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway onto which the airliner crashed. But when the passenger register for the flight was checked, there was Cecilia's name. Cecilia survived because even as the plane was falling, Cecilia's mother, Paula Kitchon, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia, and then would not let her go. Nothing could separate that child from her parents' love. Neither tragedy nor disaster, neither the fall nor the flames that followed, neither height nor depth, neither life nor death 
Sound familiar? You know, the Bible says that there is no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, we looked at Elizabeth in this earlier passage, and there were some things that we noticed if you pay attention there. Notice who Elizabeth's attention was on in the text. Mary. Interesting, because as she engages Mary in the conversation, and go back and read it and look at it, that as she begins to talk to Mary, and her focus is, again, and I understand, in the beginning, the babe leaps, and, and I get all that, but, but notice again the text and what she says. But notice how Mary responds. Look what Mary does in response to Elizabeth's conversation. Measure those two out. Again, Mary's focus is on the Lord. She demonstrates humility in doing this. Because, again, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. She displays modesty in doing this. Again, she's not seeking the attention. Moms, ladies, New Testament talks about how we're to conduct ourselves and specifically in regards to the gathering of the saints in worship. Ladies, let that inner beauty be that which is adorned, that which is seen, that which is radiant. We live in a society where it's all about the externals. It's all about, you know, you must wear this, you must dress this way, you must look this way, you must do this. And it's all this conformity to the world. And yet God says, no, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mary displays this through humility in her response because her focus is on the Lord. She defines mercy by this. She continues on when you continue to read that. For He is mighty who has done great things and holy is His name and His mercy is on those who fear Him. You think Mary had a healthy reverence of God? Absolutely. Her response is an example. The result is a legacy. From generation to generation, her name would be blessed. And it still is. It's still revered. Now in many places in an unhealthy sense, but that's not Mary's fault. What's a mother to do? Love Jesus. It's that simple, Mom. Love Jesus. You know, there is one who does love you even greater than Mama. That's your Heavenly Father. He sent Jesus Christ here to give His life a ransom for many. He loved you enough to lay down His life for you. We've all sinned. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He goes on and says, Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. And 1 John 4.10 reminds us that in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You may have had a great mom. Maybe mom's not here anymore. Maybe she did or maybe she didn't demonstrate the love of Christ. Maybe you still have your earthly mom. Maybe she's still here and, and again, maybe she represents Christ. Maybe she doesn't. But moms were designed with a special gift. And that was to be a nurturer. Now whether or not they lived up to that, that's another story. But the truth is, they are designed to bring a special place in the family relationship. A special dynamic. Only mom fills that place. Some of you understand that. But that's an attribute of God. That He's invested in moms. And mom, by way of encouragement, the best love you can give your child is to lay down your life for your child. And I'm not speaking like the lady on the plane. If it comes to that, I know you'll do it. But I'm talking about in a day-in, day-out living. Are you willing to die to self? Are you willing to magnify the Lord? Are you willing to rejoice in the Lord? Are you willing to be a servant of the Lord? The best thing you can do, Mama, is love Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the impacts of Mom. Thank you for the example of Mary in Scripture. And Lord, I, I pray that you will bless the moms that are here, bless those who are watching. Um, and Lord, for those who maybe are, are, are mourning, missing mom today, I pray that the qualities and the reminders and the remembrances that they have that are good thoughts will draw them to you. Because all good things come from our Father above. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the moms that are here that love Jesus. Thank you for uh, the fact that you loved us, whether we're mom, dad, son, or daughter. You loved us enough to demonstrate that love that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If there's someone here that's never experienced the forgiving love that Jesus offers them, Lord, will they, I pray you work in their heart. Draw them back to you. Let them turn from their sin, humble themselves, and call upon the only name under heaven by which to be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending our Lord and Savior. Help us to go from here today, all of us, magnifying the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, and serving the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.